welcome back to the Fight Gravity Show. It's me, John. This week it's just going to be me talking, so bear with me. But we'll have more interviews to come with other interesting people and interesting conversations. For this week, I wanted to talk briefly about injuries, kind of mistakes, making stupid decisions when you're training, accidents happening, and doing your best to prevent injury. Sometimes, accidents just happen. So it's really important to train safe. Whatever you're doing, do your best to learn it. Do your best to learn the movements well. Uh, reduce the risk of injury. Really work on the movement patterns, whatever it is. If you're doing squats, like take reasonable action to learn the squats or deadlifts or like anything you're doing. Take reasonable action, learn it. Take your time, learn it well. And this is gonna generally reduce injury as well as properly recovering, okay? So properly recover, learn it well. If you're not sure what to do, you know, find someone. Find someone for help. It's not a bad thing. There's also a million bajillion videos on YouTube. And there's a lot of awesome people talking about good form and how to prevent this. With that said, we'll go into a bit some info about injuries and how I've overcome them. So like I've said before, I do have a background in martial arts, so I've had my fair share of injuries. Um, one of the first ones <laughs> was um, uh, not, not proper form on an ab wheel. I, I was, gosh, how old was I? I don't know, maybe like 14. And I hyperextended doing reps on an ab wheel, and my lower back was um, hurting like for a couple days. I was young, so I recovered pretty quickly, but, well, you know, they say pain is a great teacher, <laughs> but I hope, I hope stories are even a greater teacher, so you don't have to same, make the same mistakes that I do and other people do. So, yeah, if you use an ab wheel, you should be really paying attention to your hip position, contracting your glutes, and and doing it that it's not too easy but not that's not too hard check your ego you know go on your knees and if it's still kind of too hard on your knees maybe like oh you know maybe this is too hard for me and I need to do another exercise or maybe you just need to lower the volume and intensity right and lower the number of sets that you're doing with it but like anyway all right I was in martial arts class and uh, we were doing ab wheel rollouts, and it was no one's fault but mine. You know, I my back hyperextended. That day I felt okay. The next few days it was really kind of hurting, like a lot and really stiff. I know now, like if I'm doing them correctly, I'll get a really good workout in my core, and my lower back won't hurt. So I can do them. I, I could use it every day, and I know I'll be fine. You know, awareness of the hips, and those are in the right position, and picking a variation, that's a good fit. Not too easy, not too hard. Other injuries. Ooh, shin splints. Yeah. Like, running in high school, um, especially kind of running up hills, like, recreationally, 
I would I would get like shin splints like I'd also like pain inflammation on the front of my shins and well running sometimes running uphill backwards helped also again if you go too fast too soon then it's the body kind of like screams at you so what I probably should have done instead of like run up hills ah oh! I, I was I was training casually with one of the guys on the wrestling team and it's like yeah I've been doing like a similar route that the wrestlers did and I'm like well it was hard I didn't know at the time but now I know so if I were to run hills again it would be like oh I'm not going to start off running up on a really steep hill. I'm going to start kind of something smaller and build up the intensity over time. That way, I won't get shin splints. Other other things like like landing. So again, like where I um, picked up a base level of coordination and athleticism was in martial arts, and sometimes you, you just you get tired and you land weird and you get knee injuries or foot injuries or, or, or the back because you like land wrong. Um, you know, and part of that, it's like checking yourself when you're fatigued. So usually when these type of things happened, when I landed wrong after jumps and other, other exercises, it was because I was like pushing things like too much and that's where like oh okay uh, push yourself not say not push yourself push yourself yes go push your limits you don't know your limits until you break them I do love that phrase but when you're pushing yourself I think you have to ask the question like oh, am I am I how tired am I right now how fatigued am I how well am I really going to do? If I get one more rep, if I do do this one more time, is it going to be good? Is it going to be good practice? Is it going to be productive? Is it going to help me? Or am I going to get injured? Sometimes it's going to be okay. Sometimes maybe not. I think it's a good question to ask. I think it's good to just build your awareness on your level of like fatigue. And so you can make a good decision when you're training and you're fatigued. And it's like, hmm, I've already worked out. I've already done other things, kind of tired. Is it really necessary? Do I really need to do this now? Or maybe I should move on to something else. I mean, again, not, not putting out an all or nothing rule. This isn't like, oh, again, this isn't don't push yourself. I, I think it's like, safe training is really learning to know uh, your body what you, what you can do what you can do fatigued because who was it was it David Goggins that's like uh, when you think you're all the way done you're just like 40% there right so again I'm not disagreeing with someone who is like no less than freaking amazing I love David Goggins. If you don't know David Goggins, oh my God, where have you been? Listen to like all his interviews, all the podcasts, read his book. David Goggins is awesome. 
read it, apply it. It's amazing. So not disagreeing with, with Goggins. In, for the sake of injury prevention, I think it's really important to ask, you know, how well am I going to do right now? How, how good is my practice going to be when I reach a certain level of fatigue? And how do I, if I'm going to do something, continue, how do I do this safely? While also getting to know your body, getting to know your limits, breaking, also breaking through your limits and your barriers, right? Anyway, like moving on. From here, we can just fast forward to college and experiments, some terrible experiments with lifting weights. I got a really gnarly like tendonitis in, in college because I was doing like too much on a preacher curl. I, I talked in like a previous show about some of the stupid things I did um, uh, in regard to training. So this was the days where I was primarily like bench press and <laughs> like like buys and, and kickbacks and not, not a lot of back work, not a lot of like posterior chain and stuff like that. So I did like too much on a preacher curl and I had like tendonitis for like three months. It was a pain in the fucking ass. And it's so, so simple. Just don't lift too much. Really, really simple. Don't lift too much. And you want to, right? You want to be like, like, oh, I'm a Hulk. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be bigger than Schwarzenegger. I'm going to be like, like, whatever. Whatever your model is, whatever your, um, your image is of the strongest version of you. It's like, yeah, I'm doing it. Yes. Do that, but you know what you might have to start with five pounds like naturally i i don't have a lot of upper body strength I, I joke with people i have like skinny bastard jeans i actually don't have like terribly big wrists and naturally my shoulders aren't super big that's okay you know you you got to play the cards that you dealt do the best with what you have i love body weight because my I generally I respond well to it and it's fun it's easy to be consistent me doing like pull-up and push-up variations and working on like levers and all this other stuff I try to incorporate other things as well and maybe that's like something for another time I could talk more about like what I do why I do kind of the reason behind my madness but we'll save that for another day anyway check your ego so if you're sitting here and you're doing preacher curls at the gym and if you're afraid of like looking like a pussy you know what don't be kind to yourself i'm doing my best oh i can only preacher curl um five pounds then preacher curl five pounds yep you are going to look weak you are you're gonna look weak oh my god you know, and you might still have this, like, you know, what are people thinking about? Oh, my God, I look like such a pussy. I'm, I'm preacher curling only, like, five pounds. Oh, well. It's okay. You'll get better. Be kind to yourself. Being the strongest version of you also means understanding new limits. And you're not going to get stronger if you're constantly injuring yourself. And if your, like, tendons, ligaments, and tissues are, like, inflamed or ripped or, you know, other things going on. So, 
Start light, gradually build up to things. Right? Another theme, just like the whole Shinfluence thing, same thing here. Gradually build up to things. I talked previously uh, about some of my experiments with static contraction training. Uh, fancy name for isometrics. I mean, basically, more or less overcoming isometrics, which there's actually benefits to overcoming isometrics. Um, Pete Sisko and John Little, the static contraction training, I think it's a little bit um, like really hyped up. Maybe kind of like too hyped. But there's, I, th I think there's like good reasons for everybody to do some sort of isometric training at some point. In other times in my life where I've been injured, uh, I've done isometrics consistently over two, three months during the healing process. And it's allowed me to maintain my strength. So, and sometimes other people do isometrics to try to um, increase their neural efficiency, to try to like recruit more motor units and also work on sticking points on different lifts, like a bench press, a squat, deadlift, whatever, whatever it is working on sticking points. So, you know, um, isometrics can be like a good tool. Sometimes people are like really fantastic about it. Like, oh my God, if you do isometrics, you are are going to be incredibly big and strong without lifting weights and maybe that's a big much man i'd love to believe it um kind of skeptical i mean some people say you can trigger hypertrophy with isometrics um and i i'd, I'd love to believe it I'm, I'm kind of skeptical i don't know anyone who's actually used isometrics to build like size and strength but I know it's a tool used that can help so I know like in conjunction with other modalities of fitness it's definitely gonna help your overall fitness mm. but hey you know if you've had an experience utilizing isometrics for strength and size give a shout out like leave a comment uh, send me a message Boom. and let's let, let's hear from you about it mm. anyway I had different experiments and tried static contraction training. Um, I wasn't always smart about it. And so I sometimes like the shoulder aches and back was back was fine. I, I didn't have back issues with it. Um, but like elbow, knees, um, like a little sore, like not like injuries per se, but um, And then I kind of like after college, what little like strength training I did, I kind of stopped. I didn't have access to a gym for a number of years. And I wasn't yet into like calisthenics and stuff like that. So I just kind of mostly did cardio. And I was okay most of the time. When I was running, I started getting shin splints again. I was running like 10K like every Sunday at one point. And this was in like 2009, 2010, and, and some of 2011, yeah. Yeah, between 2009, 2011. Some days I'd basically run a 10K. And my joints would hurt, you know, my knees would hurt, my feet were okay, shins sometimes would hurt. Um, what actually helped at that point was I, I stopped running on cement. 
And I started running on natural terrain. Dirt, grass, and, and that really did the trick. And I guess natural terrain, it has more give. And that's like easier on your joints. So that made a huge difference. And personally, it's a lot more fun like running out in nature and stuff. And the trees, and the birds, and the breeze, and you know, it's very, it's very relaxing. You know, you get into a flow state, and it's a lot more fun than for me than running around in the city. And and there's a dog, and there's kids, and there's honking and construction, and 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 and. But some people like it. You know, you like it. That's great. I'm glad you like it. It's good for you, not good for me. So, I mean, I would recommend running on natural terrain, but again, if you're not running on a natural terrain and you're doing it, you're feeling great, you're making progress, hey, if what's working for you is working, then keep doing it. I started then, we'll kind of just go forward, I started lifting weights again, and I was, it was okay. I actually didn't get injured. I had a better, more balanced plan. And then I got the job offer for China. I went to China. I started like lifting, right? I talked a little bit about doing P90X. I did like two and a half rounds of P90X. So basically doing it for about a year. Then I did, I got like a really good program, a balanced program, like squat variation, a deadlift that like fits me and and some be some benching and pressing and you know a few a few different things. It was it was a pretty balanced program, and I actually did not injure myself lifting. I injured myself throwing a bad Muay Thai kick, and my right big toe went. <clears throat> I ripped the capsular ligament on my right toe. I ignored it for like two months. I I, I trained on it when I could like. Walking hurt, but I could leg press, and I could put the weight through my heel on the leg press, and I could do the same amount of weight I was normally doing. I was doing trap bar deadlifts at the time, and it was kind of hard, but again, if I pressed extra hard through my heels, I could. Again, this was not smart for me to really trying to maintain and just ignoring it. Not a good idea. So yeah, if you feel like you've ripped something, be proactive. Take appropriate action. So I ignored it for a couple months. And then I was like really frustrated. And then I was just like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, maybe it'd be good for me just to rest. So I rested. I rested for, you know, a couple months. And it wasn't going away. I'm like, this sucks. It's like no progress. It was, it was like, it wasn't like it was... Um, maybe getting a little bit better. I mean, there was just no progress and there was um, pain every single step. So I was like, okay, I, I'm gonna keep working. And what I did was I just was like, wasn't working my legs. And this is where I really started doing like pull-ups and focusing a lot more pull-ups and uh, push-ups. I was afraid to lift weights because of putting like tension on my foot. So when I was doing push-ups, I was wrapping one foot around the other so my bad foot would stay off of the ground. 
And for pull-ups, well, I could just, you know, I could work on pull-ups, and I would come down on my left leg, so my right leg would be fine. Pull-ups are hard for me, so I'd do one or two pull-ups, and I'd rest 30 to 60 seconds. I reached a point where I could do 100 pull-ups in 40 minutes. It took me, like, three months. I tried, like, some other brand of essential oils. Um, it, it, it didn't work. I was trying it. I was using it consistently twice a day for two months. No progress. Um, I found an acupuncture clinic. Although before I found an acupuncture clinic, I went to like a bone setting specialist in Hong Kong. It's like traditional Chinese medicine. It helped a little bit, but it was in Hong Kong. And the doctor there said, hey, I know someone in Shenzhen. You can go there. And so I went there. Um, and it was electrically stimulated acupuncture. So they're sticking needles in my foot and there's like electrodes attached to it and they put them in these points on my foot and it would go for 20 minutes. And there was also like someone I guess who's kind of like a physical therapist. I wasn't sure her exact title. My Chinese was terrible at the time and her English was kind of like blah. So I was like speaking what limited Chinese I could. She was speaking what English could we kind of sort of understood each other think she was some sort of a physical therapist but she was doing like manipulations and massage on the foot it took like three months it took three months to heal but it was at full capacity after that like once in a while if I've had some really terrible carbohydrates that are skyrocketing my inflammation I might feel it if I've done a lot of walking like I've been walking six, eight hours. It might be a little like tense or sore, but I mean, it feels good. I, I can do calf raises on one leg. I work pistol squats and shrimp squats and a bunch of other stuff, jumping work and, and it's okay. And I know I've got, I've got my doTERRA oils. So if it's ever really tender, I can grab some wintergreen and eucalyptus. I'll like grab some deep blue or, or, or something else and turmeric, capaiba, and it's going to take care of it. After that, I got into weights like I, I continued weights a little bit, and that's where I started actually with convict conditioning and going more towards calisthenics. And so, part of calisthenics, um, I actually I, I didn't suffer really many injuries. And where I did was kind of pushing things too much on handstand push-ups. So a couple times I injured my shoulders doing handstand push-ups. And I wasn't smart about it. I was doing too much, too fast. Um, and it, it actually, it wasn't with like regular ones where your hands are shoulder width apart and you're like going down. It was with these. Right, I'd reached the point I was doing like two sets of like 15 like handstand like push-ups and I was like okay close grip handstand push-ups and I injured myself a couple times the first time it healed um, like in a month second time my second injury took like three months and again both of these times again like doing isometrics I was doing like a little bit isometrics like five ten minutes a day and it was enough to maintain my strength. When I got back to my program and while I was fully recovered, I was okay. I was doing about the same amount as I was.
it got some hamstring issues too at some point. I overstretched it, right? Working on my splits. I was doing a little bit more more martial arts training in 2014. Yeah, and really kind of working on my splits and um, I pulled I pulled my hamstring and that took like I think like two months to recover so laying off legs and stuff like that again I, I pushed it too far getting fixated on a goal but again part of it too is like stress so stress has a significant impact on your ability to like perform and enough energy and nervous system and and I mean it, it has all these things hormone signaling like sleep is really important as well as with like injuries right and and if you're if you're stressed that's not going to be really good for your recovery stress hormones um, another thing just for like recovering from injuries is like your mindset and not identifying with the pain that's a really important detail I feel um, you can kind of eventually sort of learn this the hard way. I don't recommend that. So if you're if you're kind of going through some injuries, don't let that like that's it's not your identity. Uh, Eckhart Tolle. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Maybe it's Tolle. I thought it was like Eckhart Tolle, but um, between the power of now and like a new awakening, he also has like he, he has a bunch of videos on YouTube as well talks about not identifying with the pain so you have an injury and you're recovering from that and um, it like not letting that get your mood down and not letting that like not letting the pain and the injury like be your existence and that's really important and when you can do that I, I strongly feel you're gonna be able to recover better because you're gonna maintain a more positive mindset So let's see, fast forward to 2017, I was doing dips, I was actually visiting a friend in Arizona, I slipped on the bar and my ribs went, <laughs> it took two months, it took about two months to recover, it, it was, it was gnarly, um, it hurt, I slipped on the bar when when I went down on the bar again I was doing horizontal dips probably um, my rib cage it was right it was like right here it probably it felt like it depressed like kind of this much two months to heal um, I'm and I was able to not be like crazy or fidgety I wasn't I, I feel like I was not identifying with the pain I, at this point in my life, I didn't know about Eckhart Tolle and I hadn't read any of his books yet, but I was able to just kind of go through my life and work and I was doing other things. I was working, I was working my legs, I was doing jump rope, walking, riding a bike. I was still staying active and doing my best to eat well. And so when I started again, I was still like moving on a regular basis. Again, I was healed after a couple months and I was okay. So that like mindset when you're recovering from injuries, it's really important. Again, it's there, it sucks. You're going to heal. You will get to 
and constantly stressing over it does not help. Like another example, I did something to my wrist. I slipped like working on one hand push-ups, you know, and my wrist was like, um, I didn't stop working out. Kind of a nut about exercise. I'm like, I don't want to stop moving. Um, but what I was able to do, I found if I kept my wrist in a neutral position, it didn't hurt during the workout and it didn't hurt after. It took this injury, it took about a month to heal. And I was I was doing pull-ups and I was doing push-ups. And when I did pull-ups, um, I didn't want to, I felt a little bit stressed going out here. So I did like neutral grip pull-ups right here and I did underhands as well. And again, the wrist didn't hurt during, it didn't hurt after. Also on push-ups, I would either do push-ups on my knuckles or push-up struts, push-up handles. And I was okay. Healed after a month. All right. Of course, I had to change my routine, right? So whenever that happens, whenever I've had an injury and I've wanted to keep moving, but still kind of support like recovery, this does mean changing your routine. So sometimes what happens to people is they get an injury and they can't do their same routine and they're just like, I'm not doing anything. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Just not necessarily doing anything. It depends on the injury. You know, um, follow, the, follow the advice of of the medical professionals that you see okay again take reasonable action all right um, and there's some people online with a lot of education and research and they could they could throw like a million billion articles at you about that how it's a good idea to try to stay moving within reason while you're recovering from an injury without exacerbating the injury right so if the wrist is healed then you know back off on upper body movements but you can still at least walk in a lot of cases when you're battling an injury you can walk leg injuries notwithstanding if you have like a some sort of like leg injury you're not going to be able to walk but maybe you're going to be able to swim maybe you're not going to be able to swim maybe you're going to be able to walk in the pool maybe you're going to be able to ride a bike Maybe you're going to be able to do some pull-ups or push-ups. Maybe you'll be able to sit and do some like seated rows. Maybe you'll do, be able to do like a machine press. Don't go crazy. You're not going to set any personal records. Mm, yeah, so the wrist thing kept it neutral. It healed. Other gnarly injuries. The only other injury that was really really intense is I fell on my knee someone was holding me for human flag and I dropped like I was like four feet in the air and I dropped boom right on my knee my knee clenched and and folded up and I couldn't move it for like five minutes and then after five minutes I could slowly move it 
and then I could kind of walk. I couldn't squat down, um, and I would get like a jolt, like, and my leg would like kind of like shake. Actually, I, I was able to heal in three days from this. So I was able to maintain like a positive mindset. I wasn't attaching to the pain. And it's like, oh, it's there. I need to support recovery and do things differently. And that's what I did. Um, also, I used, I used like deep blue rub and the deep blue oil, frankincense. I was using that six times a day. And I felt, I felt almost 100% after three days. I still, I, I took it light, really light, like for the next like two months. Even though like after three days doing this protocol, I could squat again. Like using these. I still, for, for two months, I just, I kept things like light and slowly over time, I just increased intensity. I was still a little bit um, like trepidatious. So I was really, really conservative with my training the rest of that year. This was like 2019, like for my leg training. So I didn't really set any personal records or best or anything with my leg training back in like 2019. For the most part, I maintained. Some things I regressed a little bit, but I mean, that's okay. Other than that, I had a gnarly like neck injury. I did something like I went to the chiropractor like three times. This was in 2019, March. I did something to my like C7, T1. Um, I got, had like three adjustments that month. It, it was fully healed after a month. It was, it was a challenge. It was hard for me to try to maintain like a, just a normal mindset. I was going about my life, work, you know, friends, blah, 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 blah. And I was able, most of the time, you know, I was feeling okay. Um, I would like ice it in the evenings. That kind of helped give me some pain relief, like before bed. Uh, having my pillow in the right position. I was using like red lights. Like, so supposedly though the red light therapy, it's supposed to help stimulate your like collagen production. Um, you can go online and read about that. Red light therapy. Ben Greenfield, he has like some in-depth articles about that. Dave Asprey, um, Juve, you know, you might have heard of Juve. They, they have some info on their site. You can check their site, you know, so take it at face value. See, you know, what they're kind of citing. Go straight to the source. There's there, there's more and more people and, and athletes and and amateurs and people competitive using like red light therapy. This wasn't the only thing I was doing. This was one thing I was doing. Again, I was also using my oils, you know. So I was using like when I was using a lot of wintergreen and eucalyptus. I was using like deep blue. Sometimes I'd use peppermint because the menthol. Uh, sometimes I use like basil and lemongrass. Basil has steroidal properties, and lemongrass can help nourish the tissues and the nerves so yeah after a month I was okay and I continued on you know push-up variations pull-ups and human flag and and working on front and back levers and handstands and a bunch of other stuff and and it's okay so 
Yeah, there's a short collection of the injuries I have experienced. Some not super serious, some kind of sort of serious. I didn't talk about a supposedly winged scapula I had. This doctor said I had a really bad winged scapula. But then when I was looking at cases of really bad winged scapulas, sometimes this required surgery and severe intervention. And he was like, no, you're going to be fine. Do some physical therapy and you never have to see me again. I ended up getting three different opinions. And the third opinion was a chiropractor. And he's like, ah, it's a little bit. It's not that bad. Get a few adjustments. Do this. You know, and I was okay in like, like what, one to two months. I don't remember exactly. But I was able to make consistent progress on pull-ups and push-ups and other exercises that require shoulder stabilization. So, um, always get a second opinion. You know, so I guess I will start to wrap this up. So, when you're injured, take reasonable action. Hey, don't just ignore it. Take, take reasonable action. What do you need to do? Maybe you are just going to need to rest a week. Maybe you're going to need to seek a medical professional right away. You're an adult and you have choices and you have to, you have to make that choice for yourself. You need to decide what's going to be appropriate action. Take action. Take appropriate action. Seek medical attention when necessary. Mm, don't push things. Follow the advice. Follow the advice that you're given. If they're telling you not to exercise on it, don't. If, you, if you're going to think about exercising while you have some sort of outstanding injury, uh, make sure whatever you're doing is not going to re-injure it, and that's not going to involve that body part. Support your healing process. Sleep well. Don't identify. Don't identify with the pain. It's just there. It's not you, it's not your identity, it's just there, and it will go away, and you will heal. And it will be okay. And there's other things that can support the body. Eating good food, getting plenty of protein, collagen, um, healthy fats, and not having trans fats, right? Nothing trans fats. I mean, there's, it depends on the injury. It's really hard to give just kind of general advice. Um... But yeah, so if you're struggling through an injury, it's not over. You're going to get better. And you know, um, this is just kind of like recreational fitness, right? Various injuries, you know, life just happens. I mean, there's military veterans and they get like seriously freaking injured. And there's guys that overcome a lot. I mean, there's, there's more and more stories of like amputees, like getting in like amazing freaking shape. You know, and it's like, and other things, even just like the mental stress, you know, physically they're okay, but like PTSD, again, there's military veterans, they get like gnarly PTSD and they overcome that. You know, this isn't about like mental health, you know, but I mean, just in terms of injuries and overcoming stuff, that's hard. I'm like David Goggins, he's overcome a lot. Read his books, right? And that's the what the second time in this show I've I've mentioned David Goggins. Um, oh man, I, I need to read his book again. I, I I got his book Can't Hurt Me on like Audible. 
like what he's endured and what he's been able to do that and and the fact that we're all capable of it you know so if you're injured it's not the end of the world you're gonna get better you're gonna get healthier take reasonable action follow the advice of medical of your medical people you know be reasonable support the healing process how you support the healing process you know you could you can consult different professionals I could refer you to some people okay if you're curious and, and you're not sure again like you know if, if you've seen the previous two episodes I could put you in contact with Esther she has a lot of experience and could help you all right just saying and that's just one person there there's a lot of people that are going to help you that can help you that can help you overcome so it's not the end of the world it's going to be okay uh, take reasonable precautions build up to things gradually do your do your best to use like good form so that you don't get injured learn from people's mistakes do stuff that's fun and meaningful to you do exercise that you do enjoy and you can stay consistent with I hope you stay strong heal well be strong physically mentally and emotionally and I will see you next time thanks again and have a great day